Welcome to Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm Sean Rowley and with me is Derek Spesh. Hey, hello. Well, we're going to start out this show, not with <laughs> your regular, what's new, Derek? <laughs> I'll say, Sean, what's new? What's new? <laughs> there was a bit of a boo-boo this evening, but it was... It was a pleasant boo-boo. It was a pleasant boo-boo. <laughs> uh, so I have a friend that's right into beers. And I'm not talking Derek. I mean, we're talking beer conventions, beer collecting, beer tours, everything, beer, 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 breweries, beverages, the whole thing. And um, he got me back in 2007, 2008, he picked me up a bottle of Fuller's 2007 bottled conditioned vintage ale limited edition 10th anniversary. It's a 500 milliliter bottle. Um, of Fuller's Vintage Ale, and it got a serial number and everything on it. And you're supposed to sit there. They say, what does it say on the back here? Something about, um, although we are obliged to state a best before date of 2010, like a fine wine or whiskey, this mellow golden uh, ale will improve with age for many more years. So it's like a nice fine bottle of wine that you can lay down, cellar it, it ages and you know, it, 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 you know, it, it improves with age. So I have a cabinet over here and I've got my three bottles. One's an Imperial Stout and the other two are the, the vintage ale. And, uh, 11 years later, I figured, <laughs> you know what? I'm putting the fridge try that out. and tonight Derek and I are going to try it out. So we pop the nice bo- cold bottle and yeah. pour it in the glass and we sniff it and analyze yeah. it and little taste it and cheers yada yada yeah. yada is this really good stuff hey, let's read up on this yeah so we go online and we go to the fuller site where they say that, oh you can buy it still which is cool for a hundred and ten pounds per bottle <laughs> Yeah, so it's $192 Canadian. That was a $192 bottle of beer. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, ale. And so we have little sample glasses that we're drinking out of. So it takes about, it fills about four of these. So that was, each of these glasses was about 50 bucks. Yeah. So I, I just stuck my tongue in it and just let osmosis. <laughs> It's, it's, oops. Uh, <laughs> what is this? Um, this is a five ounce glass? Yeah, so? something like that, man. So like a five ounce sample glass, $50 worth yeah. of beer. Yes, yeah, so when you go to a brewery, a craft brewery and do the flights. Yeah, the samples, the flights, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. So. <laughs> Very nice beer. Oh, it was a great beer. <laughs> At $200 a bottle, it damn well better be a great beer. <laughs> But originally, your initial investment was well. Oh, it was a gift. It was a gift. Yes. But originally, it would like, be like eight bucks. Eight or bucks. Something. Yeah. Eight ninety five or yeah, something. Yeah. So limited edition um, numbered bottles. Yeah. Was that was that eight pounds or eight dollars? I think it was pounds. Eight pound original. So like like a twenty dollar bottle. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it went up to like. Yeah. <laughs> so it's limited edition. They only put it. They only manufacture one hundred fifty thousand bottles, bottles for worldwide. Yeah. Your bottle was two thousand three hundred and twelve. Four hundred. And 12. 2,412. Something like that. Yeah. Let me just open it. Yeah, it comes in a little cardboard box and everything. Yes. Uh, to do number 2,416. There we go. And oh, it came with, uh, you know how they, they some of the yes, whiskeys the seal, have like this, the, the paper seal over the lid? Basically, the this bottle has been tax seal type thing. Yeah. Yeah. 
But it also proof of uh, non-tampering. Yeah. Well, it's been tampered now, apparently. Yep. <laughs> so let that be a lesson to you. <laughs> read before read. <laughs> when you got something like this, yeah. you might want to check it out. For, I, yeah. I don't know if I would have drank it had I known. <laughs> but I'm not upset. I mean, yeah. you know. It's, it's, is what it is, but we will be peeing back in this bottle later. <laughs> double filtered. <laughs> Fuller's vintage ale, double filtered. First mechanical filtration, then, then human filtration. Then got a bit weaker the second time around. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe that. I don't think I've ever had a $200 bottle of beer before. Now, scotches is another thing. Yes, but yes, but not beer. beer. Wow, a vintage ale. There is a really nice beer that uh, Samuel Adams puts out. I think they do it every year. Oh, is that that really expensive big bottle of it though, right? Yeah, it's a giant bottle. It's like teardrop shaped bottle and it's like this specialty Sam Adams beer. Yeah, I went looking for it, I think three years ago and couldn't find it. You couldn't get it in Canada. It's very tough to get. You either have to know somebody or some, you know, it's, or pay a lot of money or you have to know somebody. Yeah. Right. Somebody Maybe I'll trade him a $200 bottle. (laughs) Well, see, I got to 2008 and I don't know why, but the 2008 is worth more. I think it just maybe like the, the tasting notes, people will be sampling it and reviewing it and saying, mm-hmm. oh yeah, this is a really good. So depending on the, 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 uh, the vintage and how the it tastes, and the reviews, yeah. it might just improve in, in prices yeah. because yeah, because your 2008 is worth 120 pound. Which is like 200. Just over $200. And, yeah. So if anybody's look, I'll give you a deal. <laughs> you come on over. Give me 200 bucks and I'll let you drink it. <laughs> I'll let you share it with me. I'll let you share it with me. Give me a little glass. I will be selling shares in this bottle. Wow. Uh, no, it was it was good. I mean, like I say, I, I don't know that I would have... You know what? Something like that, if you see that it's going up and up and up and up and up, yeah, you're never going to drink it. Yeah, you're going to hold off. You're going to hold off, hold off, and then it'll either spoil or it'll... Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it is what it is. And yeah, I got that other bottle. Now I just, now I know when I go to crack that other bottle, yeah, then it'll be, you know, by myself. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be a, a special yeah. occasion or something like yes. that. Right. So, uh, and following up. <laughs> yes. The follow on beer. So this is like the guy that came on after Queen at, um, Live Aid. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is the beer that's following this one up. Uh, John Van Berger left us one of the new Glarus uh, beers, the Break Day Juicy IPA. It's like a dessert beer. And uh, ah, not too not too shabby um, <laughs> compared to what it was following. Yes. You know? Yeah. So that ah, was good. So other than that, Derek, <laughs> what's new, buddy? What's new? <laughs> well, I had a very nice beer tonight. Oh, did you? What was it? <laughs> It was a Fuller's Vintage Ale. No, I had one of those. I heard they're good. Uh, other than that, my physio is coming along slowly. Good. My shoulder's slowly getting better. Good. Mm-hmm. That's it? Yes. Yeah. All I'm willing to talk about at this time. That's all I'm going to talk about <laughs> at this time. Yeah, no, it's been it's been really busy on the non-outdoorsy paddling sort of thing. At yeah, right me now. too. It's been crazy. Yeah, just getting ready for... Spring, summer cleanup mm-hmm. and, and all that sort of stuff. Work's gotten really busy, so, you know. Yeah. Um, 
Spring melt is in full force. Oh, is it ever? It's flooding everywhere. Everywhere. All across, man. Like, like I'm talking like family down east in New Brunswick. The, like oh, the St. John um, River's overflowing. Trans-Canada is down to one lane apparently in spots in Fredericton. Yes. Because of flooding. Fredericton. So about 10 years ago, Fredericton had a big flood and it was it was a big thing. Everybody's like, oh, it's a once in a lifetime mm-hmm. flood. And then it skipped a year, and then from then on, for the last nine years or so, eight or nine years, it's flooded every single year. So it's not a once in a lifetime anymore. Yeah, they've had like uh, about nine or ten once in a lifetime floods in the last uh, twelve years. Wow. uh, (laughs) Well, even like you're you're been seeing a lot of posts lately of Algonquin Park and Huntsville area. Yeah. You know, the the flooded in spots. Things are closed. Washouts. Yeah. Algonquin Park's uh, closing some of its um, hiking trails and stuff like that because they're flooded out. And And what the issue is, is uh, in a lot of places, it's like the ice, the ice melt. So the the rivers are breaking up. You got large chunks of ice that's blocking flow. In Algonquin and up north, the issue is that the... uh, the, the ground is still partially frozen or is frozen, covered in ice. So there's there's no place for the water to run off or soak into. It's not running, mm-hmm. it's not soaking into the ground. It's not being absorbed. So it's just, just it's all runoff. Yeah. 100% runoff. So it's uh, like the, the flooding, and the, the swelling of the rivers is just insane. So it's, this is a particularly bad year for flooding. It, uh, I've seen it somewhat this bad before, but this year is particularly bad. Yeah. I've seen some of the, the rivers, man. They're just yeah. going. Jim Baird's posted some stuff. Yeah. And I mean, like right up on the bridges and. Oh yeah. And everything. Like you're just waiting for those bridges to go. The Ottawa River Valley and, and you know, it's just, the, the whole area is just, yeah, in Ottawa, it's just, it's a valley, right? So yeah. it's, it's very, uh, it's prone to flooding in the first place. Yeah. Right. But this year has been particularly bad. Yeah, it's so. going to be brutal, man. And like I say, the big thing is the high, fast moving water. Yes. Yeah, that's going to be the... Yeah, and this is the time of year people are wanting to get out, right? Mm-hmm. So it's uh, with the high, fast water, it's high, fast, cold water. You got to be careful. You got well, to watch the, yourself. the Don River and all that through Toronto yeah. is going to be picking up. Mm-hmm. And that's going to do some flooding in that and see if it doesn't uh, flood downtown a bit. Yeah. Right, so... Yeah, people are starting to get out on the water and, and uh, it's it's a bad time of year to make mistakes because the water's so cold, right? Yeah, I've seen some pictures of people who were posting over the weekend their first Easter Easter paddle. I saw that too. Yeah, I saw Last quite a few weekend people. there and uh, yeah, people were posting pictures saying, hey, we got out for, for uh-huh. a paddle on Easter weekend yeah. and, and whatnot. So yeah, t- if you're going out, take it easy. Just yes. watch for that fast water. Don't, don't, uh, don't test it. So there's a, there's a sad story out of the Maritimes. It was, uh, so the Green Party candidate, there was an election on the weekend, uh, on, wait, on Monday, or was it Tuesday? Anyways, there was an election coming up, a uh, provincial election in PEI. And one of the Green Party candidates, he's a 35-year-old man, his five-year-old son, they wrote canoeing on a local river in PEI, and they uh, they overturned. There's no there's no results yet about how they both died, but uh, they, the the man and his son both died on uh, Friday, last Friday. He was a candidate? He was a candidate for the uh, Green Party for, for, for the local area. He was going to be, what, MP for the for the province type thing. Right. MPP? Yeah. Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah. I, I just go vote when so I So in, in his in his riding, they're putting, putting off his riding's election for 45 days, give a chance for another person to step in. Oh, and, yeah, yeah, and a replacement, so, right. 
So most of the provinces, uh, so they went, what, PC and, and Green Party, the first time Green Party took uh, took a minority seat, right? Mm-hmm. So, it, which was good, but unfortunately for him, uh, he him and his son, they had an incident in their canoe on in PI, right near Charlottetown, and uh, unfortunately they both died. Tis the season, as mm-hmm. it were, unfortunately. Got to be careful out there. You yeah. got to be careful. Happens every year. And it, it's this year, even if you wear all the proper gear, it's the hypothermia that's going to get you. Yeah. Gotta be you got to have the the dry suits on and stuff. Yeah, but you know what? I mean, it's just, it's just like the drunk driving and everything else. Like you can talk about it till you're blue in the face. Yeah, and there's still people out there. Oh yeah, that are doing it. Yeah, they, yeah, they, they people just they need to see an example or they have to see it in their face to realize, oh no, this is serious. Yeah. This is a problem. Yeah, and and uh, it's sort of a unfortunate side of of doing what we do with this podcast, but. We are constantly being made aware of, of all the incidents and events that go oh, on yeah. out there. And it's even when we're not looking for it, we're just noticing it and seeing it. And, uh, I don't know that I, I know I used to see it when I was doing a lot of whitewater kayaking, I used to see all the reports and read all the instances of, of people, uh, you know, injured, getting injured or, or dying with uh, whitewater kayaking. So it's like one of those things, it's like it, the more you focus on it, the more you notice the the bad side of it, the scary parts of it, right? Yeah, and we also get people that send us messages saying, "Hey, did you guys see yeah, this? Did you guys hear about, about that?" And, yeah, exactly. And and just time of year and in the fall, uh, these sort of things mm-hmm. come up, right? Yeah. Uh, the other thing that's coming up is I've already starting to see some uh, postings of people finding ticks. Uh, yes, it's only April. I know, and ticks are already yeah. out. It's because the winters are so mild that like normally if you have a really cold winter, it, there's a huge 90% kill off of the tick population, mm-hmm. but our winters are mild. We're getting rain in the middle of winter. It's just, and it's, it just means that the ticks, they need that deep, deep freeze for yeah. the, for the ticks to die off for the, for their, whatever moisture is in their little tiny bodies to crystallize and kill them. But we're not getting those deep, deep colds anymore. Well, and that's with the, the grubs and everything in your lawn. Yeah. If your ground is not freezing as deep as it should. The grubs are going to survive. Then the grubs are going to survive because they're down just that, yeah. that deep enough that it's, yeah. it's not doing the job. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's, that's an issue. So, but anyway, yeah. So watch for ticks as well because yes. they're out. Yeah. I've heard a few reports of people finding them already and there's a few reports online. And so it's, it's one of those things It's uh, it's going to become more and more prominent uh, in the next couple of years. It's good. The issue is going to grow. So, you know, you watch, got to watch out for the deer ticks and the, the, what is it? The Lone Star tick. We're starting yeah. to see some of those up north here and black legs. You know, it's just, we have, you have to be aware. You have to do, you have to check your kids Always every time it, you yeah. come back in, check your dogs every time you come back in. Yeah. So, um, on another note though, mm-hmm. a happier note. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Depending on who, who it is. Are you looking for employment? Oh. This does oh. look really cool if you're single i don't know or or you didn't have kids i I think if it was no kids would be cool yeah because it's it's alone you're alone split rock lighthouse in minnesota north side of uh uh lake superior the minnesota historical society will soon seek applicants for a job so rare it hasn't opened up in decades keeper of split rock lighthouse do you dream of living at the edge of the world's largest lake? Watch for a once-in-a-lifetime job opening this summer. Requirements include upkeep of a historic site, crowd management, 
and tolerance due to endure isolated winters on the iconic north shore of Lake Superior. You'll need to get familiar with the Fresno lens with 252 cut glass prisms in a 7-foot beam that alights the 1909 beacon of the lake. It can shine 22 miles and for decades has given bearing and alerted ships to danger. 22 miles, man. Yeah, that's incredible. That's... But that's that Fresno lens. It's that, it's a special lens and it just focuses light. It's like almost like it's, it becomes like a laser type thing. Why can't we do that with headlamps? Well, I think there are some cars that do that. I'm not no, sure. No, no, headlamps. Oh, headlamps. Oh, yeah. oh well, I, I don't... put one of those in the front of my it's canoe and paddle it. expensive. Fresno <laughs> lens is expensive. I suppose you could get a cheap plastic one made. <laughs> uh, current manager is retiring this month. He's lived at Managed the Lighthouse for 36 years. Yes. Uh, unfortunately, they don't give a salary range. I'm looking for it now and I can't find it. No, I don't think they would. Uh, Split Rock attracts 160,000 visitors every year. It can be crowded on a summer day with more than 2,000 people uh, driving up to the North Shore to stand atop the cliff and gaze. If you Google Split Rock Lighthouse... The pics that they show there. Oh, it's pictures beautiful. Are, it's up on a high wow. rock cliff. And yeah. It's like, I, you know what? If I didn't have kids, I would probably want to apply for it. <laughs> if you don't mind the solitude. Yes. Yeah. Then you know what? That's like, that's. Does it state? I, I can't. I'm trying to find the actual job posting myself. Oh, it's not up yet. Oh, it's not up no, yet. No, no. It won't be up till later this summer. I found it on Gear Junkie, but I can't yeah. find it on... Uh, yeah, no, it won't be up till later this summer. They're going to have oh, yeah? an interim guy for now. Yeah. And then uh, during the during that time, they will hire somebody. Ah. Right? So year-round benefits include state park trails, beach hikes below the cliff, and access to wilderness up and down the shore. To be sure, a top benefit could be bragging rights to say you are the keeper of one of the most iconic architectural marvels on the Great Lakes. <laughs> yeah, if you Google it and even look at it, yeah. there, there's buildings and everything there. And yeah, I'm looking at just it now. The, the lighthouse itself and some of the views and the photos of it, that'd be awesome. So it was built in 1906, what did it say? Well, it says the 1909 Beacon. So the Beacon, so it might have been refreshed, so it might be older, but the Beacon itself was 19, whatever. Oh, nine, yeah. Yeah. Huh. So if you're looking for a job... <laughs> Google the Split Rock Lighthouse. It's an amazing old building. Yeah. Living there. But like I say, I don't know. Because they, they say that um, you might be more likely to see a moose than a human hiking out for a view in the winter. Well, you'd have to stock up on food, eh? For the winter oh, time? Yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah, I won't get food in for three months. Well, I mean, you're going to have a car. You can boogie around, but there's, I Does don't know. Does it say that? I thought you were isolated in the winter. I don't think so. I think you're just there. You got to be there every day to yeah to light it. I guess I could move in there with my whole family. There's a house. There's a house next oh, to the yeah. lighthouse. But with a family, you're dealing with school and all that sort yeah. of stuff, right? Yeah. Unless you homeschool, homeschool them. them. There you go. Then your kids are in trouble. <laughs> yeah. Well, then you can start a new gener like next generation lighthouse keepers. There you go. There you go, buddy. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, if you got if you got kids, yeah, and they're into lighthouses, there you go. That dude did it for thirty six years. Thirty six since the eighties. Yeah. Wow. That takes That's a special fine. kind of person. Yeah. Didn't say anything <laughs> about a wife or kids or anything. No, so, no. 
Yeah. Maybe he just hates people. <laughs> Except in the summer where he's got to deal he's with them. He's swamped. He's invaded yeah. by hordes of people. Yeah. It'd be like nobody all winter and then all of a sudden. Pfft, yeah. It'd be like mosquitoes. <laughs> oh, there's no mosquitoes. And all yeah. of a sudden. Pfft, yeah. Yeah. You know. Inundated. Yeah. So Split Rock Lighthouse in Minnesota, if you're looking for a new job and something totally different, really? keep your eyes open because this <laughs> summer they'll be accepting applications. Uh, if you're getting ready for tripping season, like most of us are, uh, camping, canoeing, kayaking, all that sort of stuff, uh, you might want to be hitting the internet and keeping an eye out because lots of new and upgraded gear. I've been seeing tons of stuff. Yeah. Nemo. A lot of it. A lot of it. Marmot yeah. and yeah. North Face. I've been, I keep getting emails from these guys saying, new this, new that. Upgrade Did you know it. this about Nemo? Did you know this about our gear? And yeah. Yeah. There's all kinds of stuff. Yeah. So you're, the tents, sleeping pads, canoes, kayaks, stand-up paddle boards, everything is all, all on sale or going on sale, new and improved. Well, it's funny. Like you think to yourself, how do you improve on a sleeping bag? It's a sleeping bag. Mm-hmm. But there's some of the newer designs coming out. Now they're calling, they're, they're coming. I, I've seen uh, some of the guys I hiked with this winter, they made their own sleeping bags, but they're a quilt bag. It's just a big downfield quilt. Right. So this is big on the market now. And so a lot of the manufacturers are starting to build their own quilts, downfield quilts, right? Mm-hmm. So you, you lay on your sleeping pad and you just throw this thing over top of yourself, right? So it doesn't cover your back. It's no. like, yeah, but it, but uh, Grant Brewer, he's uh, he, one of the guys I camped with, uh, did the presidential traverse. He uh, he's built a couple of them now, and uh, he swears by them. It keeps him warm. He has no problem. You've you've got a insulated pad, so you you have two pads under you. One for the air gap, so you have an air mattress plus the one of those Z light things, right? Mm-hmm. And that keeps you warm from underneath. And then this downfield quilt, and he said it keeps them nice and warm. Really? And the easy movement, you're not confined, you're not constricted. Yeah, see, it's I'd weird. still want... It's weird. Yeah, I'd want something around me too. Yeah, yeah. But Especially there's all kinds kind of new of designs too. Like uh, there's different mummy style bags. There's, I saw, and unfortunately this is a podcast, so you won't be able to see my hands, but there's new ones now that there's little gaps that kind of, you can stick your hands out through the front of the bag so you can do stuff inside the, uh, while you're inside the bag. It's oh. got little armholes. That stick out of the bag. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like a mummy bag with arms. Yeah. No, not arms, holes. Holes well, for yeah, your arms. Yeah, but your arms so, go out there. Yeah. yeah. So it's just you stick your hands out, you can do stuff. So if you're in your sleeping bag in the morning, want to make breakfast, you can. You don't have to get out of the bag. It's still Oh, so you can fight off a your bear <laughs> while you're stuck in your bag. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. So I've seen some of that, but there's a couple of weird designs. I, I thought to myself, What? How do you improve on a sleeping bag? A sleeping bag is a bag, but a bag you sleep in. Like, you know what I mean? It's well, new materials, yeah. lighter, smaller, And they're coming out with warmer. new fill materials. Yeah. Like there's this new special, oh, I can't remember what it's called. I should have looked this up before I start talking about it. But it's a, it's a new combination synthetic fiber that simulates uh, the down feathers. Because, you know, down, it, if it gets wet, it's pooched, right? Yeah. But this stuff is like down. But it has that fill properties of synthetic. So you get the warmth of down and the quality is some synthetic so that if it gets wet, it still keeps you warm. It's like a hybrid. Yeah. 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 But it's in, there's, there's been hybrids in the past. This is a newer version of a hybrid. Right. And I think it's Columbia that came out with that. And mm. it, this is new. They're just, they just came out with this this winter. So it's like, it's like all kinds of new stuff wow. everywhere you look. 
That's wild. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, all the pat- different paddling accessories that are out now and all that sort of stuff, different types of paddles, bench shafts, straight shaft, yeah. different yeah. blade, everything, you know, every lighter, different materials. Yeah. It's all out there. So get your pennies together and get ready to go shopping. <laughs> like I said, I mean, you don't need all new stuff, but. Uh, no, but it's nice to look yeah. at the stuff. Oh yeah. It's, it's still nice to shop. So. Uh, public service announcement. <laughs> okay. If you live in bear country, don't oh. forget to bring in your bird feeders. Who was it that posted that? Somebody, yeah, somebody, I've seen a few posts yeah. now. Uh, the bears are out, they're looking for an easy meal and I've yeah. seen, there's already been a couple of feeder raids. Yeah. So know. I thought it was funny because I, I didn't really have the context in my head, but I, I can't remember who posted it, but he was saying, oh, I didn't take my bird feeders in soon, soon enough. enough. And I'm thinking, soon enough, it's spring. What do you mean? Oh, soon enough before spring. Because the bear birds are out now. Yes. So the bears come out of hibernation. They go roaming around looking for food. Looking for an easy meal. They find your bird feeders and they trash them eating all the grains and seeds. Yeah, birds. Oops. So public service announcement. (laughs) Put away your bird feeders. Put away your bird feeders. If you live in bear country. That's right. (laughs) Uh, The Tomogamy Canoe Festival is in July. July 19th to 21st, live music, canoe displays, demonstrations, indigenous drummers and dance vendors, and so much more. Visit TamagamiCanoeFestival.com for more information. Uh, I'm just bringing this one up now because it sounds like it's a really popular uh, festival. Yeah. A lot of canoeing and stuff like that. A lot of people go to it. If you're looking for camping and you're looking for hotels, book now. Because you're going to end up down in North Bay driving up every day. Yep. Yeah. You know, and then at the end of the day, you got to drive back to North Bay or something <laughs> like that. Um, yep. It may not be that bad, but uh, yeah, if you're, if you're thinking of going, uh, I would definitely be getting in there and checking it out and checking it, especially the, the camping, camping spots. Check that out. And uh, one more before we take a commercial here. One more thing. Steve Chard. He's the one doing the, the Great Loop, uh, started in Nova Scotia, Nova Scotia, Halifax. I don't um, recall this Down one. through the States and down around Florida. Oh. And then he took a break. That Went dude. back to England. Yeah. Came back, went back to where he start, ended in Florida and now he's coming up the He's Eastern, back on route again, isn't he? Yeah. He's in Connecticut now. Okay. He's making good time. Looks like he's making some good progress. Uh, if you want the full story on Steve, check out episode 153 of our podcast uh, from back in January, uh, January 17th. We did that uh, episode. And uh, yeah, it basically tells the route he's taken and, and everything about him um, on what he's doing here. So check that out. And uh, yeah, so let's take a quick break here. And when we come back, um, I want to talk about paddling is community. Hi, this is Dark Sprest. You're listening to Paddling Adventures Radio. If you like what you've been hearing, you can find out more by checking us out at paddlingadventuresradio.com, as well as on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter. You can find all of our episodes on iTunes, Google Play, and the episode page for our website, where all our podcasts are available for download or streaming. We love to hear from our listeners, so if you have a suggestion for the show or want to let us know how we're doing, please drop us a line. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. This portion of the show is brought to you by Algonquin Outfitters. Algonquin Outfitters, providing quality Algonquin Park backcountry adventures for the entire family since 1961. Whether you want to get on the water for a day or a week, the friendly staff at Algonquin Outfitters can help you out. 
Find them online at algonquinoutfitters.com or visit one of their 12 locations. Algonquin Outfitters, your outdoor adventure store, with locations in Algonquin Park, Muskoka, and Halliburton. Welcome back. So I want to talk about paddling is community. And by that, I mean paddlers congregate, paddlers attract one another. When they get together, um, they make a community that of like interests, yep. um, beneficial to everybody. Uh, it doesn't seem to ever be like one person doing stuff like bringing a bunch of paddlers together for themselves. Yes. Sort of thing. Um, like the canoe symposium. Exactly. Right. We, we go to that and it's, it's canoe paddlers, trippers, everything all under one roof, like 400 of us getting together, discussing different topics, dealing with getting out there and paddling, canoe tripping, all that sort of stuff. Uh, there's Facebook groups dedicated to paddling, kayaking, um, canoeing, stand-up paddleboarding, rafting, pack rafting, all that. It, you can just go into Facebook and in the search bar, just yeah. type something. And there are groups of this, and it's all an online community. There's forums. That's how I got it started with a bunch of the people that I know to this day in canoe tripping is through Algonquin Park forums. And they were all talking about canoe tripping. Yeah. It's a giant online community. Well, I think with anything, not to interrupt your line of thought, but with anything, there's like, you know, you're going to have some pet rock society or the gardening society or the birding mm-hmm. society. And in my experience, I've, I've, I've kind of bumped in and out of different groups over my lifetime. And it's, you get some weirdos, you get this, you get that. But what's always impressed me with the paddling community and, or maybe I just haven't bumped into, I haven't yet bumped into the weirdos, or maybe I am the weirdo, and well, I just don't know about it. Large group of two. But it's, uh, I find it's a very mellow and straightforward group of people. There's nobody clamoring to pick out the individual attention or, you know, you don't get the, the whack jobs. It's just, there's just this really, it's like family. It's like, it's just, I, I really appreciate the fact that the paddling community is so like this cohesive and together group of people that share their stories. They're, yeah. They don't hoard information. They don't keep secret this, you know, whatever. Like you know, there was, of course, everybody keeps their secret fishing holes and stuff like that, which is understandable. But it's, as far as community and, and sharing amongst, amongst the community, the, the your individual knowledge and helping others improve their own skills or whether it be camping or paddling or, you know, different techniques or different gear. It's, it's, it's a, I, it's really nice to see the sharing and the, the get- yeah. togetherness for the paddling community. Yeah. Everybody, everybody gives it freely. You yes. know, like yeah. it's, it's not like, well, I, I know how to do this particular yeah. paddle stroke. I'm not going to show you. Exactly. I, yeah. I know, I know a knot that'll help you yeah. in this situation. I'm not going to show you. Mm-hmm. There's none of that. No, it's, there, it, it's, it's more like, here, you know what I found, I know there's a better way to do it. Yeah. You might want to try this. Check this out. You know, check, check how this I hang out. my yeah. tarp or check how yeah. I set up my campsite or. 
you know, and then the, you get the groups that get together evenings, weekends to go for paddles, group yeah. paddles and yeah. stuff like that. And it's, it could be people that you don't even really know. It's just, hey, yeah. let's get together. So you, you meet people the first time for a group gathering on a weekend or something, right? So it's really neat that you can gather with total strangers as if they're friends for a lifetime. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you know what? Even when you can't get out paddling. Like people still get together in a group and, you know, go for a beer or something like that and, and, ch- and talk about paddling yep. still. Right. So that's what I mean by the, the community. And it's, yeah. it's not just canoe trippers. It's not just kayakers. It's like everybody that has a paddle. Yeah. Right. They, they all have their groups and their little communities that they get into. Yes. And, um, if, if somebody needs something, there's always somebody there to lend a hand for it. Mm-hmm. Right. And what's gotten me over the last while is even when it comes down to people that you don't know. Um, and after the canoe symposium, I hit the 20, the monster sea 24 hour paddle against cancer that, uh, Warren King and, and, uh, from Mackay paddle surf was hosting down at, uh, uh, Frenchman's Bay here in Pickering. Um, and they had nine of them out there, uh, stand up paddle boarding for 24 hours, raising funds for a local person, um, who is going through some sort of cancer right now. And it's money that they give directly to, they raise funds and they give the money directly to this person and their family to help, you know, pace off some bills and stuff like that. And it's like, they don't even know this person. Yeah. They just know, you know what, we're going to, we're going to do this event and we're going to raise the money and we're just. We're going to give this person the money yep. to help them out, you know? And it, it's, it's really cool because the first year they did that, um, this year, the, the, the person they helped the first year was out paddling with them. Nice. Right. So yeah. it's, it's like, you know what? Like, yeah, three years ago, three years ago, I think it was three years ago. Like they didn't know this guy from Adam and you know. They fundraised. They and, fundraised yeah. and now he's out there. Helping, you know. Helping them fundraise for future yeah, people. Right. Giving, giving back, right? Yeah. Which is really cool. And that's what I mean. You know, there's that that, that community sort of thing. I got a, a, a message uh, from Stephen Claxton. He has Claxton Canoe Company up in Flesherton, which is northwest of, of Toronto. And he's, uh, I think he's organizing it. Um, the Freedom Challenge 2019 Canoe and Kayak Race. It's a summer solstice charity event. 100% of all money raised will be going to Karen Witt, a local musician from Collingwood, Ontario. Now she's got some, uh, ended up with some medical problems, I guess a rare medical thing that left her basically uh, almost a quadriplegic. Okay. Um, couldn't breathe on her own, couldn't talk and all that. So she's doing all the, the physio and the, uh, what's not, physio is not the word I'm looking for. Um starts with an R. Oh, I just lost that word too. Anyway, uh, <laughs> recuperation, I guess. That's not the word, but you know. And uh, so she's going through all the these these uh, exercises and stuff like that and learning. she's learned to breathe on her own again, but she's got this um, breathing pacemaker that goes on at nights oh, to okay. help her breathe yeah. and stuff like that. Uh, she had her trach removed, so now she can talk again and stuff like that, right? Um so there, she's got a, a GoFundMe page. I'm going to post uh, Stephen's uh, thing on our Facebook page so you can find a GoFundMe and you can find out more information and stuff like that. But they're going to be holding this event 
the in river be- the Beaver Valley, and there'll be a live bands, weekend full of canoeing and kayaking fun. So they're they're getting the music part from her because that's what she's she's a musician. Her life revolves around music, and they're getting the canoeing and kayaking uh, community involved as well, and bringing them all together to help out. Um, uh, Karen and uh, you know raise some funds and help her out because I guess she's looking at going into a rehabilitation rehabilitation that's the word there you go (laughs) (laughs) there it is just don't think about it (laughs) Uh, she's looking into a rehabilitation place but it could take like two years oh wow and she's not wanting to sit in a hotel uh, a hospital room for two years no that's so they're trying to make it so that she can do upgrades her husband can do upgrades to her house Okay. So that she can spend the next two years at home instead of the hospital. Right? More independent. Yeah. Get more her, comfortable. Get her, yeah. Get yeah. her life back. Yeah. Uh, there's camping at the venue for participants of the race and volunteers. $20 per person at the gate and $20 per person for camping. Uh, many prizes for race participants and a silent auction for everyone involved at the fundraiser. Stephen Claxton builds uh, cedar strip uh, boats and um, like canoes and does paddles, the whole thing. So he has a freedom cedar strip canoe that will be raffled off as well. There you go. Uh, I'll, again, I'll, that's in the uh, his posting. You'll see the picture uh, of this canoe. It's, it's a nice looking boat. Uh, gates open Thursday, June 20th. So that's... Only like a month, two months away. Mm-hmm. Less than. April, May. Yeah, two months. And uh, early bird races on Friday morning. Live music Friday will start at 6 p.m., run till 11. Saturday race times begin at 11 a.m., and the course takes an average of six hours. All participants are required to have PFDs and appropriate safety gear. Saturday's live music will begin in the afternoon and go well into the evening. So there was nothing about an 11 p.m. shutoff on that one. More to come in the coming weeks. All proceeds will be donated to Karen Witt. There is a GoFundMe page already set up for Karen, and that'll be in the uh, uh, little posting here. And if you go to the the GoFundMe page, it explains everything that's happened to Karen and this rare uh, thing she's got and whatnot. Please take time to read Karen's story on our GoFundMe page. We'll share a link on Facebook and, like I say, the Freedom Challenge 2019. And this is the sort of thing that I've been talking about, like paddlers. And, you know, it's all about the community. And, you know, even if the person they're helping is not someone they know, the paddling community will come together. They'll paddle together. They'll have fun together. They'll work together for a good cause. And that's the one thing that I really, really like about paddling. You know, and I've, I've learned that since day one, since the minute I, I hopped into the canoe and, and started hanging out with people is it's everybody's there to help. Everybody's there to share. Everybody's there to teach and everybody's there to learn as well. So, uh, yeah, so keep an eye out. We'll post, um, this event on, on our Facebook page. We'll share it there and uh, you can follow the links to, uh, if you got the time to go check it out, then that'll be awesome. And it sounds like the go, or it looks like the GoFundMe page from when I took a peek was raising quite a amount on there too. So, uh, what else do we got here? We got a whole list of all these little tiny things here. Oh, <laughs> it's time to get back to the gym. Yes. Do you go to the gym at all? <clears throat> I am not allowed to currently. I can do the treadmill, but I'm, I've been. Oh, because you're physio. Yeah. I'm not right. allowed to do too much with my upper body right now. 
Right. Good excuse. Yeah. One of my Oh, I got a hangnail. I one can't of my go collarbones is actually raised up higher than the other. Like it's slightly disconnected. What you, from what? From whatever I did. I don't even know what I did. It was from from the presidential traverse. I damaged my shoulder. A, ba- a backpack maybe. See, I had an issue a few years ago because I have that big camera bag that I towed along with all my gear in it. Yeah. And it goes over one shoulder. <clears throat> and I was finding that I was having problems with one of my shoulders. Okay. And that's what it was from. Hmm. So much weight on one shoulder. Yeah. It was causing problems. I stretched something I might have been using from the hiking poles or who knows what, right? I, but uh, I didn't notice it until after the trip. It was, didn't bother me during the trip. But uh, yeah, the uh, I stretched, pulled, you know, nothing's torn. But uh, yeah, the physiotherapist said that my one of my collarbones, my left, my left one is definitely raised up a bit at the shoulder. Hmm. You don't do the uh, chiropractor thing, right? No, 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 no. Um, I've got to get rid of my hibernation body. <laughs> How long have you been in hibernation? 15 years? Yeah, something like that, yeah. <laughs> no, I took a break because of my leg. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah, I can't do anything because of my leg. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's my rheumatism. <laughs> no, I was, uh, my my left leg there when I was doing the treadmill and all that, yeah. like all of a sudden it would just start burning and... Oh, wow. It was, it was ridiculous. And then all of a sudden it would like start swelling. And huh. it's just like, okay, that's just not right. And I thought it was shin splints or something. So I've taken the time off and uh, letting it heal. So now it's time to get back there and hopefully it doesn't happen again. I even They even sent me uh, for these, some scan for oh, blood vessels yeah, yeah, and yeah, arteries yeah. and make sure there was no blockages and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, apparently I've got no, nothing like that. Amputation so. could fix that, fix that issue. Well, that's what I'm figuring. Give me a peg leg. I got the beard. <laughs> take one of my eyes. I'll get a parrot. That, uh, South African runner with the, the oh the... the guy that's in jail. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oscar something or. Oh yeah, Oscars. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. you could maybe you could get those legs and you can be in the Olympics. Well, he's not using them. <laughs> <laughs> he ain't got a leg to stand on. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. No. So I I took some time off there and like pretty much the whole winter. Yeah. I've been to the gym. Just uh, trying to get better on that. And so now I'll go back now and get back on the treadmill and the rowing machine and do the upper body uh, yeah. weights and stuff like that. Because I hate going there just to do, like, lift some weights. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm going there, I want to do everything. Yes. You yeah. do, do the whole workout, right? I just don't want to do, oh, yeah, okay, I'm going to just lift a couple of weights and then go home. Yeah. Why well, did I even get changed for that? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's time to get back to the gym. And uh, especially when, you, you know what? You got to get ready for the portages and, and carrying their Absolutely, the gear and yeah. all that, right? Yeah. Like you don't, there was a, was it you tell me about somebody had a heart attack when they were canoe tripping and they knew that they weren't feeling well. Somebody's somebody talking about a, a I trip. I can't remember. I do know, remember the, uh, so it was a, uh, and you keep talking, I'm going to Google this guy's name. Oh. Google the guy. I'm going to go Google the guy. Yeah. You know, you don't want to be out there with a group of guys and not in top shape and, uh, you know, or at least better shape than, than, you know, 800 extra pounds on you and stuff like that. Cause you're carrying all these, the gear, your canoe, you're car- carrying all your, um, you know, tent, sleeping bags, food gear, barrels, bags, camera gear in my case as well. And you don't want to be out in the middle of nowhere and then just, yeah, you, you have a heart attack or a stroke or something like that. Nah, not happening. 
Uh, so yeah, who's this guy you googling? So it's his name is Ken Danby. He, uh, you might have seen Ken his uh, his at the crease artwork. So it, uh, if you look here, uh, yeah, see this? I recognize say, yes, that photo? It's the famous with... picture of the goalie. Yeah. So Ken Danby, he uh, it was uh, he wasn't a player himself, was he? No, but he was a famous artist, and okay. so he's got some artwork in the, the National Gallery of Canada, I believe. Anyways, he uh, he had a heart attack in Algonquin Park. And uh, they had to, he was with his wife and family friends and they had a heart attack in Algonquin and had to get him out type thing, but he yeah. didn't make it. So it was uh, unfortunate, but yeah, it's, uh, you need to, uh, if you're going to be doing, and I'm, I'm bad for this. I, I push myself too hard when I go on these trips and it's like, whoa. Geez, I can hear my heart beating. I should uh, slow down a bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's, it's just one of those things. And that's probably how I'm going to go is because uh, I, I don't, I, I prepare myself for these trips, but I push too hard when I'm on the trips. Where do you find it's worse on the portages or I, like if you do like a four hour paddle versus yeah. a 20 minute portage? It's the portage. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, I have pretty good upper body strength. I can paddle all day. It's, uh, and I, it, I never get tired. I just get sore and I'm sore the next morning type mm-hmm. thing. But then after about 20 minutes of paddling the soreness goes away and I'm good again for like four, six, eight hours paddling, but it's the portages. It's, it's yeah. the big leg muscles. When I start climbing over rocks and climbing hills with a canoe and a heavy pack, it's, uh, that's the hardest part for me. So it's the, uh, it's, it's my, the big leg muscles that I have to work on so that I can survive the portages. Yeah. And that's, I like the gym, the, uh, big, uh, treadmills they have, you can adjust the speeds, you can adjust the, the height and everything like mm-hmm. the incline. And so, yeah, so you can make it like it's going up and down hills and stuff, sort of the imitated a portage. They've also got the stair climber machines. So it's like you're on this endless staircase. Yeah. Right. And you, you can change the, the speed. You can change the difficulty of how, how fast it goes, how slow it goes, how, I guess the pressure, whatever, that sort of stuff, uh, you, you know, and it really makes a difference. And that's, those sort of things really help out and build up the leg muscles. Yeah. Um, I know I find that, uh, especially at the, like a, on a 10 day trip or something like that with a lot of portages, my one hip starts to get a bit tender. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking when I'm 90, I'm going to have a hip replacement. 90? <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm saving up now. <laughs> I'm putting my pennies away. I don't know if they replace hips from people that are that old. Why not? It's not worth it. To who? To anybody. Hey, you're sitting on the couch. You're not going anywhere anyway. You don't but need that hip. They, uh, if you really have to, that like I've, I know two guys at work who had their hips replaced in their 30s. Really? And they had them, the doctors were like, no, you're not old enough yet. You're not old. Because what it is, you get a hip replacement, that new hip you get is only- Where is that? It's, it's got a certain amount of mileage on it. So, and then you'll have to get another one. So what they try to do is get you to hold off until you're at least in your late 30s or 40s before your first one. Both these guys have bad hips in the first place, born, genetic, whatever. Right. And uh, so they were they were pushed off, pushed off. No, not yet, not yet, not yet. So finally, late thirties, they said, "Okay, fine, we'll do it." Right. But at the uh, at the tender age of ninety, I don't think that they will uh, do that. Force them. <laughs> you will give me my hip replacement. <laughs> You'll give my hip replacement now. My dad has ankle issues, and uh, they wouldn't operate on him. They said, uh, "No, you're 
you're too old for this. For what? one, you might not survive the surgery. Like an ankle replacement? For, well, no, he, uh, he, he broke some bone off his ankle and it ground up to, into like about, uh, like an 150, 200 slivers of bone. Ooh. So they, uh, they went in and took some of it out, but they left some in. They said, no, we're not going to do the rest. You're too old. It's not worth it. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. I was going to run a marathon until they told me I was too old. Yeah. Well, dad's in his eighties. Yeah. So? <laughs> you people in your age discrimination. Yes, I know. You're, yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, if you're, if you got, uh, a lot of paddling coming up this season, I mean, even with the kayakers, yeah, you know, you're sitting down and you're doing the, it's to, you got the, the movement, the back, the hips and all that. You got to yes. get going as well. The shoulders yeah. and all that. So there's all those different exercises, depending on what kind of, mm-hmm. um, paddling you're doing, uh, stand up paddle borders. Yeah. You got to stand a lot. So, (laughs) (laughs) and you know, I, I, well, I've only ever been on a stand-up paddleboard, uh, twice. One time was like five minutes at a friend's cottage. And the other time was when we went out on Frenchman's Uh, Bay with, uh, so with, uh, Warren King. Warren King. Yeah. So we were out there two hours, hour and a half, hour and a half, two hours. And so I was, for a first time, I thought, oh. My lower back is starting to get sore. I've been standing too long and not moving enough. And, and really you can't just adjust your, I imagine with a lot of experience I could, but at the time I was very nervous about moving my feet around because I didn't want to dump, right? Yeah. So it's like, oh, my hips and knees are sore. I got to move, but I don't want to move because I don't want to fall in. But it's, yeah. So it's a stand up paddleboarding. I don't know that, like, I can't imagine spending 24 hours on one of those things. No. That's like, like oh. but you know what? Like I say, if you, your muscles get used to that certain kind of activity. Yeah. You know, I don't, I mean, Warren, I mean, he teaches. Yes. You know, he's got his own, own business that he so teaches. He's used to so he's, he's used to it. He's acclimatized to it. Yeah. yeah. So that's not going to bother. It's just like, like you say, somebody getting, I can't paddle for eight hours in a canoe. Yeah. Well, I can. I'm not sure, right. like, I'm not sure what you do to prepare yourself to get back into the season on a stand-up paddleboard. Because it's not physically difficult it's it's uh it's the standing around on the paddleboard so long maybe stand on a beam or something like i guess make yourself some sort of square beam Mm -hmm. stand and paddle because there's rowing machines there's there's kayak rowing machines there's uh there's uh the whatever that rowing machine is for like uh the 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 regular one yeah Yeah, the race like the sculling the sculling the rowing machines and stuff like that there's and all those that's all about upper body or, or sent just core strength, right? Yeah. There's a lot of core strength and stuff there. But it's a stand up paddleboard and it's like, oh, stand there for three hours. Yeah. Stand Get there for ready. three hours and just move. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a bit more than that, but uh, I wish they had a, uh, a kayak one, uh, at my gym. Yeah. That'd be cool. I've seen, I saw somebody post, I can't remember where, but he, he made his own machine and he, he, posted his plans for building it so hmm. i said hey that's pretty cool yeah but then i gotta find a place to put it yeah yeah it's gonna, yes, be, it's gonna be sitting right here yeah. we're gonna be doing the podcast <laughs> on the rowing machine well what i've done is uh, uh you know the uh it's a it's an exercise band for when you do physiotherapy mm-hmm. so it's a lot big big elastic it's like a five inch wide chunk of elastic yeah and uh so it's uh i've been I, when I was testing out, see what kind of damage I did to my shoulder, I tied it to the paddle on the tip of the paddle and I sat on a chair and I was paddling. Right. 
just to see if I could do it, right? So that's that's something that you could do is you basically get a bunch of medical tubing or something tied to a paddle and you can paddle in the winter and maintain that upper body strength, the shoulder and, and upper body strength for that repetitive paddling, right? Yeah. So. Everybody comes up with their own thing. But yeah, if you sit in a, pa- in a chair mm-hmm. and just do that. Yeah. Uh, you know, you can do that at home. Yeah. Right. But now that the weather's nice enough, as soon as the, my physiotherapist says I can do it, I'm going to get out on Lake Ontario and start paddling, right? Yeah. Get ready. Well, you'll have a kayak. We can meet. There you go. you like, I don't even know what the, the, cause you'd launch from, from Clarington or not. Yeah. Clarington yeah. Beach, right? Yeah. Bowenville Beach. Uh, yeah. Port of Darlington or something Darlington. along yeah, that way. Yeah, that's it. I would go from rotary. Yeah. That's a long paddle. No, but you're only going halfway. Yes. And we, hey, buddy. We hey, turn around and go, go back. <laughs> <laughs> Took me an hour and a half to get here. Three yeah. hours to get here. Three hours to get back. Yeah. Yeah. Here's your mail. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do I do have to get out and start canoeing. I got to start really getting myself conditioned for, because I got that big trip coming up in early June, right? Yeah. So once I, I got to get ready for that thing. So right now, all I can do is, is treadmill work, but as soon as I'm allowed That's, to... Better than nothing. Yes, yes. Yeah, I keep my cardio up and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, because, there, you know, when it comes to the portages, uh, I got to get have my my lower body, my legs have to be ready for doing the portages. Good times, buddy. Good times. <laughs> These are yeah. coming. Yeah. So, yeah, no matter what you're doing, what sort of paddling you're doing, time to hit the gym. Yes. Spring. Get that, <laughs> get rid of the dad bod. Yes. You know, but dad bods are in. Yes, that's what I hear. Yeah, yeah, I don't believe it. Whatever. No, I haven't gotten any personal feedback on it, but no. uh, they say that dad bods are in. Yeah, they do. <laughs> yeah, don't know who they are, but they sing it. Oh, <laughs> uh, last topic I got here, and I've just called it unfounded paranoia. Do you ever see something, and you're you're just adamant that it's wrong? That there's no way you're going to try it if it's a piece of gear or something like that. Yeah. And you don't know why you feel it is wrong, but it is just, it just totally makes you uncomfortable. Yeah, I get stuff like that. So whitewater canoeing, the, uh, the open canoe, you know, the small little play, playboat canoe yes. style, yep, yep. the small ones with the flotation bags yeah. and everything. You wear your helmet, mm-hmm. right? That's I've one of those seeing... things that I'll never do. What, wear a helmet? <laughs> No, one of those stupid whitewater canoes. Well, that's, that's they look not, crazy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I've been seeing the full face helmets. Oh yes, yes. With no, no. There's not a, a visor. As far as I know, there's no visor. It's just no a chin visor. guard. It's this chin guard piece that comes yes. out. But it reminds me of a motorcycle helmet. Yes. Yeah. And I'm thinking that can't be safe. <laughs> and it, it it doesn't matter. I've I've got all ABS injection molded shell. This is from the uh, Shred Ready Standard Full Faced Helmet. This full cut helmet shields your head while you tackle Class Four rapids. Face mask provides lightweight protection. ABS injected molded molded shell. Multi impact molded EPP foam liner. Uh, HOG 3.0 retention system fits solidly behind nape of neck. Customize the fit with closed cell foam pads, super plush material, hooks to the liner, stainless steel rivets and burrs resist corrosion, Duraflex fasteners, adjusters, and stops. CE 1385 International Standard. 
So you got all that stuff, but I look at it and all I can think of is how my motorcycle helmet used to feel on my head. And I would not want to be in the water, class four rapids with that (laughs) on my head. I know. Yeah. And I just can't get that out of my head. (laughs) It doesn't, you can, you can show me all the stats in the world. And I'm looking at thing, thing like, do you got a motorcycle helmet on and you're going swimming it's just not <laughs> totally unfounded yeah. paranoia but the, there's things like that that i come across and i'm just like it'll save your nose and your face oh i'm sure it so will instead of smashing your face against rocks and you're overturned you're, you're gonna drown but you're gonna drown scarless <laughs> yes yes there won't be a mark on your face <laughs> yeah i just been checking out a bunch of gear and stuff and like i say the, the helmets and and whatnot. I mean, I've got a helmet, but uh, I saw these things. I'm thinking they do look cool, but there's just something about them yeah. that I just. It would take me a while to to. It, it's almost like I feel I would panic with that on oh, the yeah? minute I went underwater. Well, I think, from, and I don't know what it I've is. I've never worn one, but I, I think the issue with me is I, I don't like getting water in my eyes, right? So as soon as I roll over in a kayak or to get dumped in a canoe, first thing I pop up is like, I got to wipe my eyes clear. Yeah. And it's like with that full face mask type thing going on, like it's not like it covers your face, but it'd be harder for me to get my fingers in there to swipe yeah. my eyes clear, right? Yeah. So anyway, I just, I just yeah. didn't know if you have the same sort of... Uh, yeah. Unfounded paranoia. My unfounded paranoia is, is the actual canoe, those whitewater canoes, those little stubby, short one man canoes. Mm-hmm. I see people going in those and it's like, that looks dangerous. Getting your feet <laughs> out from under the canoe seat. You know, that's, that was one of the, when I, when we did our, uh, our whitewater course. So it was a uh, Martin Garster and Mike Burns and there's a bunch of us, right? So that was on the very first day. The very first thing we did was nobody was allowed to start paddling the river until we all rolled and bailed. He says, I want everybody to be confident that you can get out of that canoe because you have thigh straps and your feet are under the seat, right? Yeah. As you're kneeling, you want to keep your center of gravity low. You're kneeling, you get all, you're all strapped in and he says, strap those straps tight. And he, and he wouldn't take anybody down the first set of rapids until we all bailed and escaped. He said, you need to be confident that you can escape. And that mm-hmm. was the very first thing we did. So great. So it was cold. Very first thing on the very first day is like, okay, everybody, let's get wet. It's like, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't have a dry suit. I was so cold. <laughs> but my feet, I have big feet. Yes. So when they, st- there, there's canoes where the seat's a bit lower. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I stick, I yeah. have problems sticking my feet under there. Yeah. And I've got that. I don't know that that's an unfounded paranoia. It is definitely a paranoia mm-hmm. that I'm not going to be able to get my feet out. Yeah. Right. If we go over. Well, it's a really, it's a big fear. Yeah. Go, that, that was a, one of the first things I was worried about. Like I, before I did my course, I spent a couple of years just doing some small white water with friends from work and stuff. And, and it was a constant fear. Like uh, we very rarely dumped, but mm-hmm. when we did, it's like, oh, thank God I got out because you're always worried, right? It's uh, so yeah, it's a. Uh, it's a real concern because when you get in, it's like, okay, I got to get my feet and you're trying to jam and find a way to figure out how to get your feet under the seat in the first place. It's like, I can barely get my feet under the seat. How yeah. am I going to get my feet out? Yeah. 
So it's uh yeah, it's a it's a real real concern. And that's that that's not unfounded paranoia. That's like that's That's real life paranoia. <laughs> there is some real risk here. <laughs> so anyway, I, I was just I've been like I say, I've been going through new gear and stuff like that on the like I talked about yeah. earlier there, start checking the internet and who's got what new gear and that. And I've noticed a bunch of people have these full face mm-hmm. helmets now. Yeah. And I don't know how long they've been around, but like I'm I'm just seem to be noticing them more yeah. now. And it's just like, oh, no, just, just no, you know, so. Some of the guys that you see doing the waterfall drops and some of these big backcountry rivers and yeah. northern, like some of the really rough ones, like you can, yeah, I, I've seen pictures of them with the, uh, the full, that full yeah. face chin strap. Well, thing. yeah. I mean, with a lot of boulders, I mean, if you're going over the waterfalls, you, well, we've, we've seen the videos where the guys smash their, face smash their faces on the and, paddle and on the paddles yeah. and that, yeah. <clears throat> so hopefully that would uh, help that help out. Deflect some. <laughs> but yeah, it's just the going underwater wearing a motorcycle helmet. <laughs> yeah, so I just yeah. have to wrap my brain around yeah. that one. So. Anywho, um, so that's all I've got this week. <laughs> uh, anything from you? No, I've got nothing. You got nothing. Should we open up that other bottle of Absolutely. beer? Yeah. <laughs> I'm in. Yeah, I'm in. So... Alrighty. Well, if you want to find out more about us, you can find us at paddlingadventuresradio.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you want to listen to this podcast and many more, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Player FM, Google Play, and all your favorite podcast hosting sites. You can also find us at the episode page on paddlingadventuresradio.com where you can stream or download. I want to thank everybody for listening this week. I'm Sean Rowley. And I'm Derek Spest. We'll see you next time.